Welcome to Influence Me, a series of podcasts where the prime focus is leadership. I'm Assistant Commissioner Andrew Short, and I'm going to be hosting a series of podcasts where I get to interview a variety of guests, both internal and external to QFES. The topic is something extremely important to us, and one that is central to the success of QFES. I want to talk with these guests about leadership, and I want to learn more about leadership from the thoughts and experiences of others. I want to be influenced. Today's guest, Ali Lane, is a principal at an IT consulting firm called Enable, a role which involves project management, people leadership, and managing customer success. Whilst she loves being an enabler, celebrating her organization's employee-first culture, it is no secret that her passion lies in her side gig in the SES. I love that word, Ali, by the way, side gig. Ali is an inspiring leader in the Brisbane SES unit, having been appointed as deputy group leader at her group in August this year, 2020. As someone with only three years tenure in the service, she understands the challenges faced by new members wanting to make a positive difference in what can be a daunting organisation, somewhat resistance to change, like most large organisations, we're no different. Ali is a busy and active person who believes the key to success is being wholehearted, positive, and most importantly, showing up. Ali, it's great to have you uh, with me for this podcast. The reason I asked you to do this is because I wanted to come at this from a different angle. I've had a lot of people on this uh, over a number of podcasts now, many of them are senior, very experienced leaders who I asked to reflect and, and draw on what what their realities are and what they learned and what they think. I want to just come to you so I can go another angle. That is for someone who is at the beginning of your leadership journey in terms of your role at the SES. I acknowledge that as a professional, you've been in the IT consultant game for some time, but today's more about the SES world. So I can see that in that three years, you are probably now have got to a point where you can probably reflect on a few things. So let me talk first. The first question I want to ask you is, what motivated you to join the SES? Hi, and thanks so much for asking me to to be here. It's really, I'm really uh, honoured. We hear the same thing from from our new recruits, you know, all the time, I, I, because I want to help people. That's wonderful. And that's something that I definitely do want to do. But I guess, personally, I was looking for, uh, you know, another dimension to my life. You know, I, I tend to be a bit of a workaholic, you know, and, and I, I wanted something else to be, <laughs> you know, something to add to who I am as, as a professional or as a person. And this is definitely something that puts me out of my comfort zone and is something very so, different. So has that happened? Has that happened for you in that it, it's given you, a, given you a richness that you didn't have? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've I've never climbed a ladder and stood on a roof before. Um, so, so there's that. Ali, just now looking at the, the recent jump you made in taking mm. on a, a, a leadership role within your group, what were the things that you must have entertained in your own mind to make that choice before you made it? Definitely the doubts first. <laughs> yep. So, you know, w- will I be taken seriously? Do I know enough to be a leader? Um, and I think that's something that a lot of, you know, people ask themselves when they take that plunge. And I do. Because you'd, ha- you'd had enough service and that you'd, you would have observed 
actually, there's a couple of, a couple of parts to this. By now in your professional life, you've probably seen leaders do it really well and leaders do it not so well. And even in the three years you've been with the SCS, you've probably seen SCS leaders do it well and, and maybe others do it not well. What what does that yeah. distinction mean for you? You know, I've seen some, real, some, some great people who are very operationally strong, um, you know, in the SCS step into leadership roles. And and what, you know, is, is the gap I've seen is, is that ability to communicate and to inspire and to be, you know, and to, to share the enthusiasm. Um, and I think that's really, really important. I really wanted to be somebody who, um, who the younger, newer members looked up to in a way that made them think that maybe it's possible for them to be a leader in future as well. You know, it can be very, very scary, you know, stepping into the SES where there's so many really experienced, you know, old souls who who just know what to do. And and when you come in all, you know, bright-eyed and you, you want to make a difference, it's really daunting and it's really scary. And I just wanted to... <laughs> You know, yeah, and you need to, to and you need to really convince them that, that that the shift, any shift that you're looking for them to make, there's a moment of judgment in there to use that to yeah. use that expression. And I imagine by now you've you've seen that. I want to talk yeah. a little bit about, and I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm, I don't mean to offend people, but certainly my experience has been that female female leaders uh, uh, can tend to be a little bit better at the uh, people and relations stuff. And certainly, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, drawing drawing on a and John C. Maxwell, who's a noted um, you know author, he he talks about how the best leaders are um, you know, are leaders and readers of people, and that they have the intuitive ability to understand others by discerning how they feel and recognizing what they sense. So, do you think, in terms of your leadership style? That your ability to sense what's happening within a group or an individual is important to you. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, I think within the leadership team, particularly in my group, um, and I've seen in many others, you know, the members they gravitate towards the type of leader that they need at the time. So, you know, we have, uh, you know, a, a particular leader who's extremely knowledgeable, and so they, uh, you know, they go to him when they need to know something, how to do something. And often I find that, you know, members come to me when they want to talk about how they feel. So I think it's, you know, it's really important to have the different aspects, you know, the different types of leaders make a great leadership team. And, and for me, I've tried to be uh, the, the leader who listens and, you know, and really hears how people are feeling and gives them that little bit of advice or the boost they need at the time. Exactly. The notion of having looked at someone or a leader, and, and I'm not going to get you to name anyone here, but I'm going to get you to speak about those SCS leaders that mm. you have drawn upon and, and what that has meant for you in terms of you, know, you now becoming a, a, form, a former leader, a deputy group leader. Yeah. Talk about those individuals. Yeah, so I guess, um, you know, coming from the Townsville group, um, and then moving down to Brisbane, you know, I've really been amongst um, some fantastic leaders of very different styles um, from, you know, more of a, um, you know, a casual country style <laughs> uh, group to, you know, more of a formal, um, you know, uh, organisational style that we have here in Brisbane. Some of, you know, the leaders that I've really learnt from have been those who understand that not every task would be done the same way but as long as it's done in the end it doesn't really matter 
you know, how you get there. So people who really empower, you know, their team to make decisions, you know, and to get things done. So, you know, there have been some really amazing people who have said, all right, you know, this is the outcome we want and they let you get there on your own way, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's beautiful. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I, try, I, try to, I try to practice that. And there's a real leap of faith with, which goes with that. And, and I could talk about, you know, you know more insecure leaders, or you, you use that term, yeah. are more likely not to be able to give, you know, give their people space to, to move. Uh, and, and that's a you know, whole subject in itself. And now looking at your career, what things mm-hmm. do you do to try to bolster your leadership? As in what discussions do you have with people? You know, do you have yeah. senior leaders which you engage with pretty regularly? Talk, talk about these things for me, please. Yeah, so I, I read, but I also, I listen, you know, and I think one of the biggest, you know, personal lessons that I've had is uh, a mentor once told me, you know, you know, to, to go and take that seat at the table because you deserve to be there. So I, you know, I, I, I go along to meetings and I, and I listen and I have conversations about strategy rather than, you know, operational every day. Why do we do this? You know, I, I know why we turn the lights on and why we unlock the doors and why we use alarms, but why, you know, why the bigger questions, right? So uh, where do we want to be? How do we keep members engaged? How do we get to where we want to go at, at a higher level? So I guess taking, you know, the seat at the table and, you know, feeling confident enough to, to ask the, you know, the big leaders, or, you know, the senior guys, the important questions rather than, you know, sticking to your own remit of your, you know, your day-to-day duties. Yeah, I, I, I get that. And, and there's, a, there's an element of risk in doing that. And yeah, I'm always talking to um, particularly developing leaders about it. Sometimes it's a matter of timing. And sometimes mm. you can't force things, even, even though you might uh, feel really strong about something. Because of, you know, you, you're talking about people in different positions of power and sometimes yeah. you've got to give it time. And, and I'm, I've probably become a bit of a fan of a drip, a drip feed approach, to use that term, which is, um, you know, you just got to provide information over a time and let people find their yeah. own way. If it's true and real and it's it's valuable, then people tend to find their way to that. Now, when when you go about those moments when you're when you're trying to influence what power or what uh, part does the being positive play Had, oh, it's what, what, so now, now I think I think that you're by nature an incredibly positive person even on the dark moments I reckon uh, <laughs> you, you you still you know, keep trying to charge on and, and, and be positive what's the power of being positive talk to that for me um, you know, and I think you're actually probably another another person who's extremely um you know good at being positive and uh, i think it's really important because it people want to have hope people want to be inspired and and that's the best way to move forward you know uh, focusing on the negative will get you absolutely nowhere and i find myself you know automatically veering away from people who are negative and who who don't want to talk about great ideas or, or how to you know, how to make positive change. So, you know, I try to always, you know, 
embody that as well. And I really think you're one of those people as well. So how do you? Yeah, but you don't, you, you don't get to see, you don't get to see me at the times where I've gone full of I'm full of self doubt, <laughs> because they're very they're very personal moments, and and yeah. certainly I, I try to manage that through uh, discussions with people around me who I trust. I always say to people that um, you, you get to be a human as a leader, uh, and, yeah. and certainly there, there'll be moments where it's tough. It's a bit dark, but we've got to keep moving forward. Now, I just, rec- I just recently got to see the, um, some of the results coming off the you know, volunteering for Queensland survey, which, you know, and uh, as our volunteers and, and, our, and our broader team would know, we survey uh, a, a lot. Some may say too much, but uh, <laughs> certainly some of the messages I'm seeing coming out of that uh, the, the survey and the detail within there is this real clear picture that we have a situation where in some cases we have an incredibly uh, vibrant team who are positive and they, they can't wait to help out the next opportunity, that you know, help out the community or help out each other or help out you know, broader teams within emergency services. And then if you look at another part, uh, of our service, and you'll find a real dark place. And the yeah. intriguing thing for me is that it's the same policies, the same processes, the same IT systems for all their good and bad, you know, dysfunction here and uh, inaccurate policy here. So it's I find it really interesting that, yet that we've got these factors right across the service, and yet we still have these areas which uh, seem to be thriving. So I think that, for me, comes down to a very clear perspective on local leadership. What's your view on this? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, even within, you know, the SES, we do have some, you know, we have our lows as well, right? I mean, in, in general, I like to think that, look, we're all volunteers, so why would we show up, you know, in a bad mood? We don't have to. <laughs> you know, we're we're not getting paid. So if, if you don't want to be here, you just don't, you know, but at the same time, there are people who really want to make change and perhaps we can't because at the same time, we're still a big organisation. We still need to follow rules. We still have red tape. And I think that that is a lot of the source of frustration or negativity, you know, in our organisation is, is the red tape and the fact that sometimes things take a long time to change when we really just want to do it right now. We do. If and that, that answers your that, question. That, yeah, it does. And it's human nature that we want to do it right now. And, and sometimes there's yeah. you know, time, time um, imperatives. Just uh, reflecting on your own style a little bit, when I was thinking about this question for you, there's a Nelson Mandela quote. We all know who Nelson Mandela is. Mm. And the quote was, lead from the back and let others believe they are in front. And I sense that you are likely someone who tries to do that. Would that be fair? Oh, definitely. You know, I'm, I do, uh, you know, physically stand at the front sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, I, I don't, you know, know everything. And, and, you know, I certainly haven't got 20 years in the service experience as many of my colleagues do, particularly at my group. We've got some really, really tenured, experienced people. So what I try to do is to enable them to you know, do what they do the best and to be, you know, the leaders that they are. But I just try to make it easier for them to do that, right? So to take care of that red tape that I talked about, you know, because 
that's my strength. I'm really good with, you know, with the administration. And so I try to clear the way so that my guys, my team, my people can, you know, can be the best SES members that they can be. That's a, that's a great that's a great attitude to have. Just uh, the final question I want to ask you before we move into the final phase, which is the five, mm-hmm. the five questions that I ask each guest. The, the, uh, I just want to kind of understand what's your approach to dealing with difficult moments or maybe difficult people? Is there a yeah. way you go about that stuff? I think the best way to go about that is head on and is in person and with honesty, um, you know, and and to be genuine because, you know, it's really hard to – someone said, and I, and I can't think of who it is, but someone said, you know, it's hard to hate close up. So when there is a difficult situation where you have a disagreement or, you know, someone feels that you've done them wrong or that they haven't been heard, you know, the best thing is just to, to, to stand in front of them and to go, right, let's talk, you know, and I think that's the only way. To and I've, really and, and, I've seen, and I've seen it so many times mm. where, you know, something which has got a lot of energy around, you know, bu- a building situation where there needs to be dialogue or interaction mm. or, you know, that difficult discussion. My experience is that, you know, and that's a great little expression about, you know, being close, hard to hate being close up because yeah. most of the time for me these moments don't end up having the energy that you think they're going to have. And, and you find yeah. your way through it. So I'm always saying to people, have the courage, just just jump in and have the chat, uh, be respectful, listen yeah. as as much as you can because that, that's something that I think drives people crazy when they don't feel like they're being listened to. Hey, Ali, in the interest of time, uh, I'm going to take you into that last phase now, which is some set questions that I asked uh, every guest. The first question sure. is to you, what do you wish you really understood? I guess, you know, in respect to, you know, volunteering and in the SES, what, what's that secret recipe, right? So how do, how do you keep the momentum going between when people sign up with that, with all good intentions, you know, and how do you harness that to, to keep them coming back and to still be contributing, you know, as, a, as an SES volunteer in, in three, five, ten years' time? That's the golden <laughs> egg, isn't it? Right? Um, <laughs> It is. Now, the second question is, what do you wish that other people understood about you? Yeah, this is a really good question. So, you know, I guess um, it is human nature, you know, to be suspicious of people's motivations, you know, when it seems too good to be true or if someone's too happy to be here. And throughout my SES career in particular, I have had those types of questions from people, you know, why are you so happy? Why are you so happy? You, just, you know, yeah, why do you just want to, do you just want to be in charge? You know, are you, what are your motivation, right? And I guess, you know, I, I really am this excited to be here, you know, and I really am, you know, this happy to be in the SES and I guess, you know, there's no hidden agenda. <laughs> what that, you see is what a, you get. What you yeah. see is what you get, no agenda. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A wonderful, a wonderful way to go about it. Question three, what type of leader do you prefer? Yeah, so definitely, you know, transformational leader, someone who, you know, leads by example and because that's the type of leader that I aspire to be, you know, someone who motivates and can adjust your style to get the best out of each individual. Great answer. Thank you. <laughs> the fourth and second last one, in respect to your own leadership development, and you might want to reflect on, on your broader life here, mm. not, not just your SES yeah. period, but in respect to your own leadership development and knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to the younger version of yourself? 
aside from, you know, read, 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 read and keep reading, you know, one of the things I, I found to be really beneficial in my own leadership development is formal mentorship, yeah. you know, and I would, te- I would tell myself to do that earlier, you know, um, approach someone who you respect and who's respected in your organisation and establish, uh, you know, a formal mentoring arrangement because that, that really helped me over the years and I wish I'd done it earlier. Do you do you have mentors which you connected with a long time ago that you still maintain even a, an occasional connection with? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because that, happen, because that happens for me too. It happens for me too, yeah. and it's 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 wonderful that you can, uh, even though the you know the mentoring period may have lapsed, um, yeah. you, you end up having this person in your life for a lot longer, and oh, and, and quite handy at important moments. Uh, in, in important junctures. And the final, the final question, and it's a new question for those <laughs> who would be aware of these questions. If you had a magic wand, what's an ability you would give current leaders in our sector right now? Yeah, great question. And, you know, and I think the key part of that question is in our sector. So if you'd said, you know, insurance or finance or even whole of government, I would say, you know, empathy and compassion, you know, for people who've really had a tough year. But I think... Um, in the emergency services, those are our core values already. So instead, I would really give them, you know, the strength and the, you know, ability to continue to inspire some really tired people to keep going. <laughs> yeah, mar- marvellous, marvellous answer. Now that that brings us to the end, uh, but I've got one more question for you. It's a question without notice. Sure. Uh, what's the Ali Lane plan looking ahead as a leader? What's, what's um, your just, what's your leadership goals in your life? You know, I want to keep going. I'm really enjoying, you know, being a new uh, or aspiring uh, leader in the SES, and and also, you know, I, I've been a formal manager or leader in my in my career now for a little while. But just to keep learning, you know, and to keep going, and you know, I, I've I, I've got a long career ahead of me. I hope I'm not too old so uh, you know just just to keep learning and to try and be better you know and see what happens who knows what a great (laughs) who knows who knows but 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 we can have we can have a view on what we think we're going to do and that's the I think the message for all of us Ali thank you very much it's been a a great discussion and I thank you for your service and I thank you for your leadership and I thank you for your attitude I think regardless of leadership tenure leaders can have a great effect on their local team. And I, and that's probably the message I want to send, I want to keep sending out is to say, leaders can affect things more than they think they can. And I think what I've seen today, I think you're a person who's really working hard and trying hard to take that approach and that attitude. So yeah, again, thank you, thank you for your service. Thank you for the time that you've given me today. And I look forward to seeing you down the track somewhere. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Andrew. I really appreciate it.